1: hey what's up everyone as i said i would try and put out a second podcast this week and and anyway here it is another episode of observing our thoughts and in this conversation of observing our thoughts we talk about the yoga retreat that i've just got back from we talked about fasting picking up senses from people in certain environments we asked the question as a society are we lacking a community and also as people are we not being touched enough And everything else in between. And I also just wanted to say that this podcast is now brought to you by Men's Underwear in a mattress company. Not really, only joking. How funny would that be? As for one, I don't even sleep on beds. And secondly, most of the time, I don't even wear any underwear. (laughs) But anyway, this podcast is not sponsored by any bullshit stuff like that like every other podcast out there is doing we're not willing to sell out and promote stuff to you that does not add real value in your life but all we ask of you is if you do love what we're doing here and want to support the podcast please consider becoming a patron and show all the other podcasts out there that you don't need to sell out and promote stupid products All you need is a cool community of cool ass people like yourselves that believe in something. So please let's see if we can at least get some more patrons and make this movement 100% crowdfunded. And in return when you also become a Patreon member you'll gain access to a Patreon only community where you'll get access to many bonus conversations and rants. And there's many on that page now. So please consider becoming a patron. So anyway, another episode of Observing Our Thoughts. Enjoy. Anyway, another episode of Observing Our
0: Thoughts. Observing our thoughts, baby. (laughs) Boom, back. Feels like a long time since we've been here, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Had a few weeks off from recording. Technical issues as well. (laughs) Technical issues, yeah. Still still ongoing technical
1: issues. But the universe does things like that every now and again. The universe will, will give you a little signal where it'll blow your laptop up <laughs> to make you get off the internet <laughs> exactly. get off the tech get off technology and actually go outside and embrace nature
0: and that's a really good point actually that's and that's really what actually
1: point. does i think it does really make you realize a lot of times when things little things do go wrong it's always a si- i think it's always a signal to get you to go back to something to change change something
0: up in your life i think you take a lot of things for granted in that aspect especially when it comes to them um, like stuff that actually works and when it does work you you kind of just like understand, oh, this is how it's always going to yeah. be. But when it's, it's interesting. Like when the light seeing the context of your laptop when that blew up, it's like straight away you think, you know what? How much did I really not rep- appreciate that laptop? Yeah, yeah. But it goes with all walks of life. It's like when you walk through the um, the woods, you get a sense of like oh how much did I really need that fresh air
1: yeah I sometimes like, think is it the universe or is it something else <laughs> they give you a little funny story actually um, you know my laptop my laptop got broke right what happened was is um, so the keypad keypad not again not to make this a technical podcast <laughs> 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 observing my thoughts about, about laptops <laughs> but anyway what happened is this is a funny story is that the, the keys on the button on the buttons wouldn't work properly so it was only a couple of letters working mm. so when I was looking at the letters that were actually working there was only three letters that were working and it spelled out C-I-E <laughs>
2: <laughs> was it? <laughs> <laughs> not really but it would have been good if it did wouldn't that, that would have been awesome <laughs> like. I was
1: actually thinking that because there was a couple of keys there was only um there's about 5 or 6 keys that were working and I was thinking is this some sort of like Da Vinci code <laughs> you know like some Da Vinci code like hidden in someone's like trying to leave you a message like stop speaking about these topics boys <laughs> <This has laughs> the next not bring time up aliens. It's not, you, it's not your laptop you're blowing up better not bring <laughs> up aliens boys it's you we're gonna blow up
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway I'll dive into one of my observed my thoughts actually you know what I just this is interesting but I, uh, I found out my neighbour works for the government really yeah. <laughs>
2: Right, so there you go He's both. actually spying on you When you yeah. come
0: I'm thinking like um, Every time we do a conversation like He's got his little his little Handheld device Where he's pinning it up Against the yeah. wall Listening <laughs> So anyway One of my observed my thoughts Of diving
1: straight away Because this is a big one So I've just been To an um, incredible yoga retreat For eight days In a place called Tarifa Spain Tarifa Spain Tarifa, Tarifa. It was a beautiful place It rained all week <laughs> It <laughs> actually did It rained all week But who cares Because it was beautiful still Um, so in that yoga retreat I've had a lot of introspection and um, one of the biggest ones for me is that I realized so just to give a bit more context around the conversation that it was a eight day yoga retreat where you did meditation you did pranayama breathing lots of stuff basically just everything to do with sort of relaxation massages everything really even though the massages weren't included in the yoga retreat, we just people just did them on each other. Like people who you met there to be nice. Wow. Really incredible place. So it was a place where there was it wasn't only just a yoga retreat, it was a surf school as well. So there was like surfers there from all over the world who were just using that as a as a shared accommodation so they because it was right near the beach, so they could walk like five five minutes down to the beach and be right in the ocean. Yeah. So it was like yoga people, surfers, people who were just passing through, who were travelling. So it was a very mixed bag of of people like-minded people who what i found anyway and the time i was there there was about i would say about two or three people like coming and going each each time through even just through the eight days Mm -hmm. but there was a a collective group i would say of about 25 who were there all the time maybe and there was about 15 of us who who were every time we had meals and stuff like that we'd all sit together. Even though people were eating different meals like someone would be a vegan, someone would be a vegetarian, people would eat meat. Some people wouldn't eat food which I didn't on the last couple of days (laughs) when I did a fast which I'll go into that later on. But uh, no matter obviously what sort of preference you had on f- eating food people would cook their own meals and they would all at a certain time because like people around the world all have f- food at the same time like seven eight o'clock nine o'clock around the world people yeah, well yeah. i found the spanish they have their meals at like 10 o'clock at night <laughs> or 11 o'clock sometimes what? <laughs> which i couldn't do <laughs> but anyway when you're sitting around at the table everyone's just sort of asking questions just talking about life and everyone is everyone who's there to many ways is, is asking the questions that we're asking they're all on a journey seeking asking the biggest questions about the human existence, where, we, where we're where we coming from, what we're doing, what's my purpose, mm. things like that. But what I actually realized, which I thought was beautiful is that no matter, because in this place that I was staying, there was people from Czech Republic, there was people from Holland, there was people from America even, yeah, people from, there was another per- person, a guy from London, um, one of the countries, was there it, was Italy, Spain. Um, I think it was a guy from Morocco. There's people from all over the, all over the world and um, but what I noticed is one thing in common is that no matter all these sort of cultural backgrounds or where you've come from because I think one big thing I noticed is that in the media the media perceives when we, we look at our media I mean we, we don't consume a lot of media but in the yeah. past when we were growing up I can always remember that the media was like saying things like it always paints a perception that people are different all over the world That's what I find, anyway. You Mm. know, and it gives this it imprints this subconscious subconscious thing that when you go other places and you interact with people, you don't feel safe. You shouldn't be interacting with them. Mm. And what I found is that these people were incredible. Like they were so everyone's just the same. Like they were so. It really opened my eyes to the possibility that everyone has the same fears. Everyone has the same egos. Everyone has the same. Everyone's struggling with the same problems all over the world. No matter who you are. in every different level. Every different level. Whoa. And one thing that I noticed that transcended, which I thought was quite funny, transcended all that, like all the bullshit, is that music and food transcends everything. Whoa. No matter what your religion is, no matter what your belief, no matter what your skin color is, no matter what it is, music and food transcend everything beyond that. Because everyone likes listening to music, everyone likes eating food, and then when you bring them together with human
0: beings all the boundaries just dissolve. There's no boundaries. Have you noticed that as well? Like um, like sound and food, they are basic essentials. Mm-hmm. So basic essentials is what brings us all together.
1: Stripping right back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And one big thing, like that's a good point, because one, one big observant, there's a lot of Me thoughts in this, by the way, mm-hmm. within this, just with this treat, because obviously it's been very extensive and I've had time to, Within the retreat, when I've had eight days, I've had eight days to absorb everything that's been going around. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't had to worry about work. I haven't had to worry about anything. It's, it was just me in the moment being sort of really probably tune into what a, a, fun, a real human fund, on a fundamental level what a human being really is just being in that moment of being with people eating food listening to music sharing experiences communication things like that yeah. but when I was in it when I was in it what I, one big thing that I learned and it's weird because I've had it a little bit I'm not going to say the word depression because I don't like the word depression but I've had a little bit of a sort of a. um a, you might be able to help us with this word I can't really find the word it's more of like I've had a bit more of like a sort of a Maybe just a uh, down, downer Maybe feel a bit more down Then I've come no, back no. to Sort of Quote unquote normality A little sense of anxiety A little bit of anxiety I would say that maybe That Because um, when I was there I got had this big sense of community Like it was a real The whole Eight days Was this big sense of community That Everyone was just Brothers and sisters Everyone was just friends Everyone was just best friends Just sitting around Just communicating Talking Everyone was like talking about their problems, sharing songs, listening to music, stuff like that. People playing the guitar, whatever it was, on yeah, a yeah. night time. awesome, man. And that sense of community over them days has felt like it's been ripped apart. So the observation I thought I got from it, I've been thinking about over the last couple of days, is that I think in modern day society now we'll, we've lost a community, we've massively lost a community, and I think that's the biggest essential to to our human society, to actually tap us in and tune us into something that we should be you, tuning into all the time that's what I feel yeah I
0: like that man um, I mean have
1: you, have you, have you what, I mean I mean you probably probably haven't had that observed in our because I didn't have that observing in thought before I went to this place but like when you're immersed in something all the time you don't recognise you don't really recognise I mean have you recognised that in your life
0: you know what sometimes? Did, there has been certain points in my life where I've, I've when I do quote unquote, get back to normality I do get a sense of um the Mundian, because every when here there's no like yoga retreat, there's no like surf school, there's no like talk or community. There is just like business people just getting on with business, and the, the associate like life in all aspects of life is just working. Like when I've got to go home, oh, it's, it's still not. I am um, to a lot of people, work is still not a time for. Community. Mm-hmm. It's this time. Oh, I've got to do the dishes. I've got to do these chores. I've got to do being forced. Into yeah, something. it's like an indoctrination. Oh, I've got to pay the bills, and mortgages, and like the house itself becomes like a prison aspect. And but when when we get put into these situations where we've got to expand and meet new people, we get put in this like fight or flight situation. We can either fear face everything and rise, and we can join in with people and communicate and become like. Much stronger individual, or you can run away, and you can go back to your little house because it is safety. It's a safety mechanism that we fall upon, and when we're in touch with this like safety mechanism of the house, it's easy to stay there. But when you like, what I like about you is that you, when you went out your comfort zone and you've explored all these different like community aspects of it, like yeah. different
1: nationalities, different cultural backgrounds,
0: different yeah, people's you, you really views in the world, thrown into the deep end. Because right now we're in the in the northeast, everybody's in the same culture, where you didn't. So how did you find it? Like, was it straight away, or did you feel connected, or did it take a few days to like mould yourself into the group? Nah,
1: not nah, nah, because it was really interesting. Because when I first when I first turned up on the way to the place, right, I got lost because it was a, like a, a, it was a sort of like a farmhousey thing in the middle of nowhere. It's mm. a beautiful place as well, <laughs> and I'm gonna. I'll actually, if anyone anyone obviously listening does want to um, details to the place, I've, and I, this is not sponsored to anything i will put put the details in so people can check it out it's really good but when i first turned up it was um i got lost and i, I couldn't find it because it, the sat nav and all that wasn't bringing up anywhere it was so i just had to try and sort of i went i found it actually i found a surf shop along the road and I, there were local people who ran it and i says to them where's it at <laughs> and they didn't know where it was and i was thinking oh god they live right there they, they, it's in this area and they don't know where it is so i was thinking i've got no chance of finding it and then some guy said, oh, I think it's in the, it's like over the, towards the mountains over there. But it's quite dark so you're not going to be able to see it. it. hasn't got any real roads to get rid it. And I was thinking, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I turned up and I eventually found it. It was through like a dirt road. I had to go off track through the cow fields. <laughs> yeah. And I eventually, I eventually found it. Well, and then when I, but when I turned up, it was already at the sense when I walked through the door. Because it, it was like a big communal place and there was just people already because it was about nine o'clock at night when I got there. And there was just already people just all just chilling around like playing a, someone playing a guitar someone sitting around a, like a big there was like a big fire someone sitting around a fire people sitting at the table having the meals people talking and I just walked in straight away and I just got the vibe straight away lad. this is cool this. Oh, like straight away awesome. like, everyone just warmly like straight away everyone just welcomed them straight away oh hi, where are you from where, where are you from like, not in that accent, obviously. <laughs> hey, where you from? Like, <laughs> where you from? I, yeah, I really like. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone was just so warmly straight away. And mm. then just so straight away, you get. The, I mean, you go, we go to certain places in life, and I think you get a vibe. You get you get vibes from certain places. You go to work, and, or you go to certain places, and you, we have this good feeling that this doesn't feel right. But we keep putting ourselves in these situations, and it's so good that when you do find it like nature does that and like I know for you nature does it nature does it for me that like you go into nature and, you, and straight away you get this feeling that you can't express with language like language can't express it but you walk into nature and it just feels right mm. like when you st- when you stand outside in, in your in the sun and you stand in front of that sun and the rays are on your skin it's a f- that feeling you know it's right yeah definitely but when not. you but you get a feeling that when you sit in front of a laptop and you've got that UV light hitting your face you get a sense that this doesn't feel right so we'll have mm. this, I think we'll have this inbuilt sort of marker, uh, compass or whatever you want to call it, or biomarker that when you interact with certain environments and certain people, certain weather conditions or whatever it is, that there's something that tells you that this feels right. And that's what happened when I walked in that room. It just felt right. I mean, if you felt that in your life, if you felt that when you go into certain rooms that you have this thing that says this is right and this is wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have actually... Um, or maybe not
1: wrong, but just doesn't feel right.
0: No, no, uh, I... No, definitely wrong as well. Because um, I think when I'm in a situation where I feel like I shouldn't be here. Yeah. I definitely know, like, if I'm not grown as a person, I don't think I should be there. That's how I, that's how I view it. I mean, if I if I feel like it's going to hinder my growth of who I am, I'll just not do it. Or I don't want to do it. Even though a lot of struggles or a lot of problems can actually bring you to a place of salvation. It can bring you to a place of um, strength. I mean, you can't have growth without pain so yeah say. so it's it's easy to like dismiss something like that but if you want to surround yourself with high-quality people you will become a high-quality person 100%, 100%. Yeah. but if you want to disregard um, your life and you want to keep putting yourself in bad situations then you definitely should feel that vibe that that disconnect and understand it's not a place for growth yeah the growth will recur when you leave that place and you reflect on that experience so when you reflected on your experience, Dan, you've obviously understood a lot more about community, life. I mean, what was your biggest takeaway that you've taken from it? I, w- I want to go to that too, but mine
1: is that, mine is that, go back to that, yeah, but well. I want to say something before. Because I think when we are talking before about that aspect of that feeling, I'll see when you walk in a room or whatever and you get that sense. What I've noticed when I come back as well is that there's a... Uh, um maybe i struggle with this and i think a lot of other people would be struggling with this as well that the monday society in the monday world of like the constraints that are i wouldn't say the word constraints but the things that the way the system is built up on on premises that a lot of people can't a lot of people have got to go to work a lot of people have got to do this have got to like sort of conform to a certain degree to society i think that hinders that hinders that aspect of it, it it sort of contradicts because in your day-to-day life, you're in certain environments, and you've got to—you can't get away from the fact that you've got to—we've got to make some form of money. Oh yeah. And to make think. some form of money, you've got to give. We have to get—we're give, given a given given that sense of that. the giving away that good sense of feeling. A wave. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's yeah. hard to explain that, but see, I'm trying to let's try and still it down a bit further. See, so going to nature, nothing's involved in that. There's no there's no, no transaction that's involved. It's just you and nature. But there's something involved. When you go to work and you know you don't want to be there, but Monday society is sort of you can't get away it from fact, you need mm-hmm. money. So, mm-hmm. like, you're getting there's a, it's Monday, there's a hard balance. Do you understand what I mean? There's like a there's a hard balance between sort of being in the right environment
2: mm-hmm.
1: and not being in the right environment. Does that make sense? Because it's hard to distill that. No, 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 I understand. Yeah, I understand. It's because um, we're giving something away, even though we know it's wrong, but we're still doing it. It's like there's a hard, there's like a there's a a hard
0: dance in the mind that internal battle of even doing something and you know it might be wrong say like we always use the example of like fueling your car you've got to think of it as you're doing it for the greater good like you're using that time so you can get something so you can find a betterment in something else Mm -hmm. so say you're going to work even though you might not like your job but you're getting money from that job and that money is providing you a sense of freedom And that freedom is giving you the podcast. It's giving you these little adventures, and you wouldn't get that if you didn't have the the job. Even if you don't like the job, it's something you've got to like persist with. Currently in your situation, and all I do, and a lot of other people have to endure some sort of like punishment that (laughs) I punishment (laughs) some physical torture, (laughs) mental mental prowess um, that we have to undergo that'll stop us from like really ex- explore Do you, like, it's interesting because when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking like us being taken away for like 8 hours a day gets put us back into in like, the, their game sort of say in quotations it makes me think like if you take away like the game say the whole foundation with money is just like eradicated for you you don't need money, you're set it makes me think like I, would I end up just being like One of these spoiled Hollywood brats who just like who were just content with life because I found that it's the people who are on the bottom struggling, they're the ones who are really seeking, and there's people on the top who have already got the life handed to them, they're the ones who are not really searching on it, like on a deep spiritual level. So you kind of think like maybe we do need this like job to get the appreciation for the journey of what's ahead. Yeah,
1: I know, I know what you mean. It does, it does, there is character building in society like your background moulds you and shapes you into a person like if you've come from a poor background you're more appreciative of certain things but if you've had everything just handed you on a plate you're not I mean you, you know that now we know that now in certain places in, in society like people who are uh, clusters have the money and they have everything they're not happy like people are committing suicide and things like that and if that happened like, is Someone talked. I can't remember who talked about this, but he says if you if you're somebody in life who was given everything, you're like you are fucked. You're absolutely fucked as a person because you have That's Joe Rogan. Might be. Uh, yeah, it might yeah, be Joe Rogan. He says you're fucked as a person. No, I really do. I, I really do. There is there is something to that. There's definitely something because it shapes you. But I still think though that, um, there's a point though, because there's a point though where you have to, because you've 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 come from nothing, mm-hmm. but there's still a point where, I feel like. In in modern day society there's there's like a, a balance point where you need to get to where like money would be. Like I know now with my being if I got to a point where money wasn't an option, and uh, money wasn't um a worry or whatever it was, that that would open some another level. Mm-hmm. It would open a a deeper level to so be able to because it hears something. No no, no just I to think go yeah, just right. just to go back as well to um this week I had at the eight day yoga retreat. Mm-hmm there was a window in them eight days that you don't get in modern day society when you're working and things like that there was a window in there that gives you time time to just think on your thoughts time to meditate time to yoga time to have, a, have the community aspect so there's something there's something that money does give that i know it does give when you're in there at a certain point i'm not saying you don't need a million pound i, I know that might be and i don't need a million pound mm-hmm. people just need it there's just a level of what humans need to be sufficient to actually have to, get to open up a window of time, and who knows in the future, like yeah, people talking about agree. universal b- basic income and things like that, this could be a possibility. I mean, I'm optimistic that this could be a possibility that people all over the world will be freed up by whatever's going to come around the corner in the future because we don't know what's coming around the future, but something's definitely coming where it frees human beings up to be able to just find themselves.
0: You know what I mean? I completely That's agree, questions. but and it, it, um, there's there's loads that I can take that because yeah. i agree with you i know lo- what you're loads. thinking already because i've already analyzed in my mind now because i can <laughs> see i see i see clearly i think a lot of people do need a lot more time to reflect on the life and completely understand that but i th- definitely think we do need um some to have um, a job or something to keep us on like on a purpose filled but a
1: job like, i know i know what you mean i know what you're saying but to me just to go a bit dissect that a bit deeper a job and a purpose is different. It's so, like it's who is this again? Sully Briggs says says the best. He says a um, jo- jo- uh, job like G O B just overbroke. just over broke, but a purpose isn't that. A purpose is like something that you do because you love. Like your purpose, you're doing now is a podcast, but mm-hmm. you go to work. That's not a job. Like, you know what I mean? This is not a job, but you love doing it. Like training your body, that's not a job. That, that's a purpose. Because
0: without that job, would I still have like the power or the passion to really do this? Yeah, makes, I think you would. Yeah, I probably would because I did a lot of, like, spiritual seeking as well through my journey. But I think if you... Without that, and I think if you just with... If you've been on the higher aspect of life, I think, like, what Joe Rogan says is, you're right, you're fucked. Yeah. I think you really are, like, on it. You've got... A, he says, if you win the lottery, best thing to do, give it to charity. Yeah. And then start again because then you'll really well, get... don't, it don't a give it to charity because all charities are <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> They're all lying. Yeah, I think there's that'll... Maybe give a homeless guy in the street. I've got a really good book to read, actually. It's about... Um, I've got it in my motto about how charities really like scam people. Scam... um, Like, going against human um, nature and play against human psyche and stuff like that. It's a really good book. I'm going to like get into it a bit more. But um, purpose. Yes, I definitely think we find purpose. But I, th- I think a lot of people need to um, be changed at the educational level. I mean, a lot of parents right now... They instill their kids for jobs which is the same instead of f- fulfilling their kids with like hopes dreams passion for life and for guidance of like a spiritual aspect a lot of parents like disengage that like sort of thinking in the sort of go home go to school get a job and then you're going to meet someone have a baby retire yeah and that's that, that's because they don't know any different no one yeah. knows anything different but right now with like the influential um with this influence of technology, we've been able to see like past like past traps what our forefathers have been into. Yeah. But right now we're seeing like this whole different aspect of the game, where we could live out purposes. Yeah. With and we can do that. There was a quote, man. What was it again? But we need to educate.
1: Yeah. There was a quote. It says, um, "It says parents are not always right. Sometimes children have got to lead the way." Well. Oh. And I think that's beautiful because I think that's what we're seeing now is that more people like more younger children there was an example I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast mind you because you have so many conversations I can't remember but uh, there was a conversation with um, someone I know who's got a kid and the kid turned around to the mom and says this is I can't remember how old the kid was maybe five or six year old but very young anyway and the kid turned around and said do we just do we just go do we just go to school and then just go to work and die wow And and the mom and the mom was looking and she just went whoa uh, my kid has just given me a massive realization there my kids just taught me something so that was just what the quote i said is that sometimes it's like the innocent and it's children who who have a more clearer mind and maybe can see the world a different and they haven't been fully indoctrinated in the w- in the way of life sometimes can see things in different ways and i'm actually and i mean and that's what's happened to me and you when we start because i think what we're doing is and i think everyone who's in this podcast right are dechilding. childing or sorry rechilding like we've yeah, de-childed like we've de-childed that whole essence of of just ask, 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 basically asking the simplest questions why do we not play more like that's what a child's asking why do I not just play all the time why mm. can I, Why do I have to do something I don't want to do but we're being like we're doing de-childed like society's de-childing us all the time and then the process of you now the more you tap into it the more I tap into it the more you just want to play more like yeah, you're right. sounds crazy but you might just want to I want to just play on my computer. I want to. I want to read. I want to go back to the child and play on the computer. I want to go outside and kick a ball around and play football. Like this, 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 this. That's what's happening with a lot of people. And i re- and you know, when I was away at the yoga retreat, this is an observing me thought. This is what people are doing. People are. Society is telling people that you need to, like, sort of be, um. Sort of, de-childed. Yeah, and yeah. everyone is there is tapping back into that creativity essence like people are wanting to play guitars people are wanting to do yoga people are wanting to do these do these certain things and things like that just 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 hold it if you want
0: yeah I just want to hold it like that
1: and, um, but people are just sort of yeah, that's I know. That's I know, I know anyway. what you mean. It's it's um, and that's and what when I was saying there. By the way, just hold it, just for people who's listening. I said, hold <laughs> it. <laughs> Chris's mic it just has just come off the uh, the hinge and just dropped on the floor. Yeah, so that, I wasn't saying hold something else. That's what Dan likes to call it anyway. <laughs> just he hold likes, it. He likes to call it his mic. <laughs> just hold just, it. For just me, hold boy. Boy. the mic. Just hold the mic and put it, put it right next to your mouth as well. <laughs> <laughs> just hold it. And just imagine I said that. Just just hold it. And Just keep it next to your mouth. Right. Just hold it and put it right next to your mouth. Right. Just <laughs> give, it, give it a little kiss. <laughs> No, but um,
0: I think what I love about that, Lord Dan, is like, yeah, we're on the like the process of, like, like deconstructing, like, this education, what we've actually been indoctrinated to, but then at the same time, as well, like, I, I can't really disre- disregard all of that, because I, I've got to be grateful for the whole journey to appreciate everything, yeah. and I think when you do appreciate everything, I mean, that's indoctrination has actually led me to here everything what's happened in my life has led me to this point and i've got i'm pretty much i've got nearly everything i've i've wanted or asked for really and um, there's still like certain things on the list that's but and, and see them all in a progressive way i mean everything's coming into tuition and um, this is what i love about this like journey is that even negative things that's happened it's only negative for a short while yeah you can step out of anything as soon as you want it to it's like when we dechild, it's not like we are um, becoming like more, like stupider. It's like, we're getting a whole perspective of where we, we were like kind of rebelling, like just like a child would in the yeah. terrible twos, where it's like, I want to see what I can do in life. I want to know if I can like eat my food when I want. Yeah, I want, this is my. The child is like at that point. It's like fighting against everything. What it's already like, cause at that moment the child is everything that child is like it's number one yeah it's like i want to do this i want to do that this is mine and that child at right that moment is really exploring life at a level what a lot of adults don't do yeah a lot of adults sacrifice who they are so they could be something for all these other like companies like relationships like um, yeah we're all sacrificing a piece yeah. of us even the child themselves They you yeah, have to sacrifice a little bit of you for that child but when you can truly just be one, and you can truly co- be completely whole, that is when you can give your most to these different like sectors of your life, yeah. and not like lose a part of yourself. And that's and that's the, the be- better good question around that is what I've been asking
1: myself. as one of my observing thoughts is how do we balance, how do we balance consciousness, like finding our consciousness, find out who we are versus living in a Monday society and that's a question mm. i'll I just touch on that but i just wanted to highlight that question because that's a question that i've been asking myself but two things because i wanted to ask the question that you said before but what's the biggest thing i learned from the yoga retreat mm. but one thing before i forgot to talk about is community when i was thinking about community before there was a, uh, a woman i think it was from she's from the uk or us but she did a study on um gno- is it called Genobos? Oh, I don't know man. what's gnobos, that? Gnobos, it's like a, a type of a form of ape. It's like a form of ape or form of monkey. I think it's a form of ape. And uh, there was a study on a group of gnobos, and gnobos are very similar to us. I think it's the closest, like, sort of um, ape ancestor to to the human. Like, on a sort oh, of right, daily le- a level actually. or biological level or whatever. I'm not too sure. But she was doing a study on the brains, and uh, gnobos are, in, are normally in groups of, like, 20 people. And she was correlating the data between gnobos and humans of, like, how that's what we're missing like we should be in humans of evolutionary like nomadic travellers have been designed to be in groups of 20 people like in a, in a community environment and at the minute in life we're not doing that so in, in she, she actually oh. there was a uh, group I can't remember what it was I'm sure she did uh, sometimes when I, you know when you pull things from your mind you can't remember fully so people mm-hmm. might want to check this out but I'm sure there, there was a group of cannibals who actually were in a larger group than 20 and they had research saying that the Gnobos were getting depressed because the uh, group of people were in too much and the, the re- how they studied that because people might be asking how did they realise how do you find out how do you go inside of the mind of a ape but just like apes have sig- uh, we have signals apes have signals like so depression is linked with now being linked with uh, body language so like if you're low and you're slumping yeah, down yeah. and you're, you're you're like you're tight up in your body and you and as well arguably as well stress like your your hair starts falling out you start like you biologically start deteriorating that's what these ganovas were doing they were losing the hair they were going gray they were sort of slumping down not wanting to interact with the group spending a lot of time by themselves whoa so there's i think there's, an, there's something going on where evolutionary where we need to be in a group of tw- we need to be in a group of maybe 20 people and, f- and it was weird because the number that was about 20 people who was there and it was a perf- it was just such a perfect sort of dynamic of the group of people interacting and sharing stories
0: there's loads of, there's loads where you can take that isn't there there's absolutely loads I mean I, first and foremost it's like you hit the, one of the nails on the jackpot there was um, one, one of the first rules in Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life is the first rule is sit up straight like, and I know I'm slunched over at the minute because I'm holding this microphone, but <laughs> straight away now, I'm trying to condition myself to straighten yeah, up yeah. because it's that's a powerful aspect in itself. I mean, posture as well leads to confidence. It has a deep um, connection to the mind and the mind itself. If we empower the mind just through the body, which I believe we can do, just like you did with your yoga and your exercise. Yeah. You become more of a connected human being yeah you train the pathways to your body to be more open mm-hmm. do you want to really in the
1: thought you just made us ra- remember because I, I didn't even have this in my mind but it made us actually give us a realization what i've been having i mean I, I've, I've observing the thought i've been when i've been walking around after the yoga retreat and um that sense of what you just said there the posture and opening up the body and being more sort of like when when i sit here now and i've, I've got my arms at both sides open and my body open i feel yeah. powerful i feel strong i feel I feel, sort of, I feel some sort of energy that I would have if I was slumped over mm. so after that 8 day doing the 8 days of yoga and we were doing yoga for sometimes the classes were in the morning and the night time you do it for about 2 hours two and a half hours so it was a lot of yoga yeah. and then there was times during the day where I was just doing yoga by myself as well so I was doing yoga like 3 times a day so probably sometimes 5 and 6 hours a day I was doing yoga by myself all the time so it's just con- constantly just in that state of opening up the body and being in a deep state of sort of zen i call it right i love that man. but what i noticed is this is really interesting I observe you thought this right you're gonna like this <laughs> so i even at this yoga tree right i had this sort of energy around us like i felt this energy that I felt i was with other people as well who were doing yoga as well but I, I had this sense of energy around us but i didn't really recognize this until i got back into sort of let's say, "Quote unquote modern day modern day society back mm-hmm. to the reality, sort of say whatever you <laughs> want to call it." Yeah, but it was only when I was on the plane coming back, and obviously on the train coming back as well to uh, Newcastle, I felt that people were looking at us. It, 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 right, this is this is going to sound wooey and really crazy, right? But I f- and i f- I felt this, and i was going to tell you a story as well and that's going to link to it but when I when me, when I said before earlier this podcast that my laptop got broke, so I had to take it to the Apple store. Yeah. And when I was going to the Apple store on the, the day after I, I come back I had this weird I felt this weird aura a weird vibe around us right in every interaction I was having it, I was getting loads of females just staring at us no deal honestly like really and I'm not just saying it to be like sort of big there's going to be anything. so many
0: single guys going I would need to do a yoga <laughs> retreat yeah, <or> yeah exactly
1: <laughs> but not only girls it was boys as well so it's not oh, wow. just like on a, on a biological level like being female and male it mm-hmm. was something to do with when I was walking in a room, people were just staring at us. Do you know? What, do you, the only way I can describe it is: imagine if you, someone was famous and you were looking at, and someone was looking at you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I, obviously I'm not, I'm not famous, and um, I haven't had the sense of where crowds. Hey, are you are st- Dan yeah, yeah, crowds are staring around you and stuff like that. That's but, the guy from the Ascent Podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but, but this, this stuff where that sense of what you would imagine what a famous person would get when they walk in a room and, and the crowds flock around them that's the energy that you would feel yeah like yeah. there's an ego that we people we love attention everyone as a human being wants attention everyone wants to be just loved and everyone wants to that's fundamentally that's one of the biggest things i learned by the way. at yoga tree is that everyone just wants to be loved and just wants to ha- wants to sort of that's a really be accepted point. that's what one of the biggest things i learned but there's some energy that happens when people are giving you attention and looking at you and and that's what I felt. But here's a funny interaction. So I went in the, been in this weird state of mind all week, and I took my laptop into this into the Apple store, and it was funny, right? So I was I had an appointment to get it done, to get it get the laptop fixed. Mm-hmm. And something changed up. Like the normal guy who was gonna come and look at the laptop couldn't do it. So it was it was randomly someone else just jumped in. And I'm not lying, right? I can't. I haven't told you this. Yeah, I really haven't told you this. No, yeah. I haven't. cannot. I don't understand how this conversation got all the way from Apple laptops to talking about consciousness. Seriously. So I was... I I really, really do believe that we create our own reality. And there's things that we can do on a biological level or whatever, some stuff that we don't understand that can alter... When you you start tapping into a a different state of being and you have a different state of awareness and a different state of understanding in your life when you're walking around Mm -hmm. and you're looking at the world a different way and you fully understand this you can the interactions that you have in the day to day life mix between them two worlds does that make sense so like when you're thinking positively positive things happen to you so when you're in a different state of mind your interactions will be different than when you were negative and that's what I felt so he was just talking about we're talking about about simulation theory talking about the mind talking about all these different things and I couldn't even tell you how that conversation went all the way from talking about getting my Mac laptop fixed like you couldn't make that up you you cannot make it up all the way from talking about my keyboard being broke all the way to do we live asking us a question he said the one of the questions he asked is he said do you think it's funny because he might actually be listening so that's how it comes forth because he said he's going to actually listen to the podcast as well (laughs) No, and he actually he asked one of the questions he asked is he says do you think consciousness is separate from the brain like do you think we're just receivers so how the hell can we go all the way from that? But there's something anyway, just to get back and not to ask that, que- answer that question. But anyway, there's just <laughs> some sort of something that happens when you're in a different state of being. That's what I found through doing yoga treat or whatever it is. That mm. it's it changes the interactions in the de- in the in the world. Yeah, and definitely. I just I, and I didn't see that. W- I didn't see that extensively when I was at the yoga tree because everyone else is in that frame of mind. So you just don't f- you're in that frequency of not f- thinking any different. Mm-hmm. But when I came into Monday world. The interactions were completely different. Oh wow. That's In- interesting, isn't it? I think
0: you de- I think well I think you right then opened um open up this like open up this vessel that you have and people have seen it. Mm-hmm. It's like a glow, it's like a aurora of energy yeah. that like you are per- permitting out and people have just like latched onto it. They're drawn to it. That's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm sensing anyway. I, I
1: think we're um I mean I think I think there's things we don't understand in the world We, we know we don't understand a lot of stuff mm-hmm. And I, like we said before You get a sense We have that we were talking about before in the podcast How you get a sense when you see somebody Or you go to a certain place, you get a feeling But is it just a feeling? Is there something in, inside of me and you That is actually sort of analysing it? Like we, something that we don't understand Like some sort of feel that's there that, gives, that connects with your consciousness Or connects with who you are like is is that is it, is there something not there because well, we d- we try and analyze things through our analytical mind things that you can see like we always think if you can see something it's real if you can't it's not but
0: is it well well we're definitely limited by the five senses so we've definitely got that working against us but like you said um <laughs> one of the one of my thoughts right one of my thoughts what I've been pursuing this week was um who's more closer to finding out the answers of the universe is it because I've been for the book I'm writing I'm really diving deep into philosophy so I'm thinking is the philosophers more close to finding out the secrets of the universe or is it the scientists and oh you be- know
1: what I thought you were going to say there So you jump in oh, go I thought you were going to say this, the, here's a, my changes question who's more close to answering the question is is it the philosophers and the scientists because I'll just put them in the same bag sort of thing All right. or is it a person who's working nine or five
0: Oh well, yeah that's a good point as well brother <laughs> That's a good <laughs> question that it. Is it I definitely I mean like is it what I'm trying to think or is it that it could be a p- title
1: imagine the title of the book. is that I'd be quite good that
0: you I could would put actually but yeah. yeah. is that it's more close to the
1: truth scientists or people working 905 I like or that brother or something like that I'd buy that
0: because I'm, th- <laughs> I'm thinking like uh, so many philosophers we've well, um, we painted it here <laughs> yeah we have <laughs> disclaimer it's ours <laughs> 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 um well when i'm going through with like these philosophical texts about um right all the way back to like the beginnings of like time really like the first set of philosophers they were asking some really profound questions and half of them like their knowledge exceeds what we know now to the vastness of like aristotle to um, the buddha like these are deep deep thinkers Beyond that, of like um, time, and I, and I really didn't give them much appreciation to it when I was um, studying it until I looked currently at what we were actually analyzing. I know, like, they were even asking the questions like, "Is it like a matrix? Yeah, is there is there already different like types of like understandings of the universe? Like, is there already like a vastness of like knowledge that we draw upon? I mean, these were like pink uh, people in like." 630 BCE I mean uh, that is I like mean, the profoundness of it all. Add,
1: wait, so what does what does that say to you because I mean I'm trying to analyse it now in my mind what does that what does that say to me does that is? I mean what does that say to you does it are we, are we as human beings are we are we designed are we, uh, it sounds weird saying designed but are we deep down is that who we are are we the questions are we the bigger asking the biggest questions yeah. Like, is that why all throughout times, like you said because I even think I was thinking of that in my head when you, was, when you were talking about that there I mean who who's some of the main people that I listen to Alan Watts he was talking like 30-40 years ago it's 30-40 years ago mm-hmm. like even Bill Hicks what 20, 15 years ago 20 years ago but this is like and they're talking about issues now Terence McKenna like you said so- how do you say this game against
0: um, Socrates, Socrates.
1: Mm-hmm. like all these pe- minds of the past were well, asking you can go all the way back. Even go back all the way to the Egyptians, if you want. You can go back to the Mayans. They're asking all the questions that everyone's asking. Like the like the seekers are asking the questions
0: now. What's interesting as well is like when I'm uh, when I'm actually studying these um, deep thought leaders and stuff like that of the past. I'm actually coming to the conclusion that um, they had hired the right the right people to lead them. I mean, Aristotle. Um, I was at Socrates. They he taught. I think it was Aristotle. He taught Alexander the Great and he was teaching him like all the way through about like the m- the mind um real sense of who you are development like he, he taught him so much And Alex and then I was starting to like dive into Alexander the Great and I was like in- and I was looking at all his like quotes and stuff like that and I'm thinking oh, this man is a- was a true leader yeah. he was really like ex- I like the term title says Alexander the Great he was great like in his leadership and his like mentality and his thought process and and then he started to think like that was a true leader that was someone who was like really at that point of like education and like mental development that he actually look what he did in his life he conquered all them pl- worlds and he brought people together he he broke down boundaries i mean he married someone from india to like break down racial diversity and that never happened from like greeks yeah. all the way to like he he was so beyond his time and that's the type of leadership that we need now. You so know, all of us. W- so why do you,
1: why do you think we haven't got that in society now? Because here's here's, here's something interesting, right? This is, this is out the box. This is the thought I've had. So you know, like Jesus himself. There's a theory, there's theories around that Jesus himself wasn't someone who had magical powers or nothing like that. Jesus was actually a real incarnated being on this planet, just like we are. But he was somebody that was f- far ahead of his time. So mm-hmm. he was somebody who was actually. Uh, philosopher to a certain degree and he was actually seeing the world in a different way just like you go outside now and you know that's not right to racially abuse somebody or sort of discredit somebody just because of what the religion or what the belief in the mind Mm -hmm. In in that time and era there was arguably a lot of that going on where there was a lot of the separateness of like saying this is mine this is yours there's a lot of divides and he was somebody who come along at the time and was perceived by the establishment at the time as somebody who's dangerous who there was a, a quote once who says like he, I think it was best being in a famous film anyway. It was like a scene of like, of people throwing stones at somebody. I think it was like throwing stones, and I think it was like, uh, was it Moses or somebody, somebody, a figure anyway, came along, and says, "What are you doing? Why are you throwing stones at this person? This person is you. You are this. That you're throwing stones at yourself." And then there was a Roman. The Roman horses come along with two like Roman generals, and the Roman generals went. One of the generals turned around to the other guy and went, "Do you know what?" He went. That guy there is more is more of a threat than thirty thousand Persians.
0: Whoa!
2: That is
1: and sure there's something like that Monday society. There's something that Monday society understands about that.
0: Yeah, um, there is actually, and it's definitely we're definitely finding out the thought leaders of today are the ones that's going to be really ruling this planet. They're the ones who need to like because they're the ones who inspire change and unlike like before, like when I was thinking. Um, when I talk about, like, Donald Trump and stuff like that, yeah, like, I admire the guy for what he's done in business and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, he's not someone who, I believe, could change the planet. Yeah. In a, I, don't in see
1: a, I don't see. I really don't see any leaders in like that. And that you I, know, I, I, not, not currently. Not currently. No, I don't see I understand. It. I agree. I, really don't see I don't know if I've seen it through history. Even like you said before about, um, I don't want to go down too much on the conspiracy line, but even when you said before about... Um,
0: Alexander um, the Great?
1: Alexander the Great and things like that, I mean how much how much w- was he really so sorry, just a re- GFK
0: as well like I mean w- was he a true leader of
1: but he arguably he was somebody who did was a bit different and how long did that last it didn't last very long mm-hmm. so it's like why the question I'm asking is why is and we know why but why, why people's got to ask themselves the question is why is these people not being why are these people not in place like because mm and, and obviously I'll see leave that up to people but that's, that's I don't want to go yeah, too down yeah, that no,
0: conspiracy like, I know what you mean I think we <laughs> all do
1: let's change up anyway because there's something I want you want you said before I want to ask you um, when you ask the questions, what's the biggest thing I learned mm. and the biggest thing I actually learned from the whole yoga retreat was that um, <laughs> it gets into the whole motto of this podcast <laughs> nobody knows what they're doing <laughs> 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 nobody honestly that's what, that was the biggest motto no, I've, I've nobody heard. knows what they're doing People uh, are tra- people are travelling Mm -hmm. from certain people are travelling because that's the feel that that's them tapping into who Mm -hmm. they truly are some people are windsurfing some people are playing the guitar some people are music some people love cooking some people love doing podcasts some people love doing different things but no one really knows what they're doing
0: right this is an interesting point right because I was talking to a friend right um he on the the other week I think it was last week I went out with a friend never seen him for a while and it was just he he really just needed To talk to us So we started talking And And we were talking about life And he was going through Some problems In some areas And I was Just like Talking down with him He was understanding But he was saying like He was on course to retire At like 40 and Like As he's earning some Quite a lot of money Yeah but he's Obviously he's like Still struggling In other areas of his life Which like I wouldn't be And I didn't understand it But When I actually like started talking more and I started saying well I started discussing like my life like why I do things I do and this is interesting because it ties in with your point I started saying well right what I'm doing is I'm getting up at half five right and I'm going to the gym I'm I'm listening to like um, my Spanish tapes when I'm at the gym so it's like my brain's like um in like sparked mode
1: so is that what you've been doing learning Spanish yeah in yeah. Spanish
0: when I'm at the gym because <laughs> so, um, that's when my brain's at a heightened state of learning so it like programs my brain to learn something new every day. Yeah, it's Um So, what I'm doing is, like, he asked his, um, he's saying, Oh, that's amazing, lad. And I was telling him about the book I'm starting to write. And then he's, like, he's going, Wow, that's amazing. And he goes, Can I ask you something? And he goes, Yeah. And I, was, I felt like really proud of me accomplishment. He goes, Why are you doing that? Why do you get up at half five for? And I was like, He's like, What's it all about, really? And I was like, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing yeah at that point I thought what the hell am I doing I didn't even know what I was doing yeah he said like, why are you doing it And I was like I was purely stumped I stumped in my tracks yeah, he was wh- like what was it what is you truly after and I was like honestly I haven't got a clue yeah I I think I'm really stumped I like uh, that's good, good I love that
1: analysis there but I think that's what would I and mean, that's what I think we're all doing I think we're just all clutching straws like why do we do why do we eat certain foods why do we do this we're all just we're all constantly just trying to figure it out. It's like we've been given. It's like why have you wrote your goals out? Like yeah. is that
0: what what your goals really mean? Truly mean? And I was like, "Jeez, man, stop it! You're yeah. messing with my brain, it man." Deep when you ask them no. When he asks them questions. Yeah, it, but it's um, it, you need everyone needs to. I mean, it's so good to like write down your um goals and that what you think is going to be important. But to truly address why you're doing what you're doing, that takes real encouragement and real a real sense of ownership. Yeah, which I don't think we do. I mean. I never understood it. Like, how much ownership, like, I thought I took ownership of my life. But when he asked us that question, it made me think, like, why am I truly doing what I'm doing? And to be honest, I've, I've been, like, following that thought process for the last week and I can't figure it out. I love I, that. That's good. That's by the way. Because then I'm thinking, i am I, am I, well, the closest I got to it was, am I on a journey of knowledge? But then if, then I'm thinking, if I was on a journey of knowledge, wouldn't I treat every day differently? So I wouldn't I go to the gym, more, like, I wouldn't go to the gym every morning and I'm thinking I'm is that a safety mechanism or is I'm just trying to dissect so much of this thing or routine what I'm doing I'm thinking what am I trying to find in a routine am I am I supposed to find something in a routine and I only got this realisation when reading this book I'm about 200 chapters uh, 200 chapters it's a long book Then it's 200 pages down and I'm reading now that people do what they do build self-control and self-control is the true power that we have it's the only power we have and when we can tap into it we can fundamentally achieve a- anything what we after i mean one of the people in the book what he, he talks about is a guy called um stanley his second name stanley i think it's um henry stanley edward stanley or something and he traveled through africa like against cannibals um Malaria, so many diseases, famine, and he lost so many men and every morning he was no matter what, even though like he hadn't had any food for maybe a week, he was like on his last legs physically, and he had this deep sense of purpose, now the purpose was the only thing that kept him going, but every morning, even though like he was really on on like death's door, he was shaving, he kept himself clean shaven even with like cold water. Or like no water at all and so his face was like like really hard to shave but that persistence of shaving each day it gave him something it gave him um, a sense of purpose a sense of powerment a sense of ownership of the day and that's what a routine is for me is the ownership so and I'm gonna go on again here it's because point. Ben Franklin I've he studied perfection he spent all of his life to see if he could find the perfect year. I don't know if you know about this. I might have heard it. But he us explain it though. He wrote down in his book all of his goals, and none of them had to like um, interfere with the other one like in a con- bad way. Con- con- yeah, none of them could contradict each other in a bad way. So he wrote down all of his goals and everything that he did, and he tried to find if he could find the perfect year through his li- life. <laughs> and each day he, he couldn't do it each day he marked one x next to him and he's like i can't figure this out so every day he tried to go for this perfection the day of perfection he called it and when it went all the way to the end of his life when he was in 60s he was living in paris i think it was the 60s he was living in paris and, he, and um try and ask him he just became like a womanizer really in the set room he's like um are we um he's like what did you find when you were searching for perfection he found perfection exists but it's only found in the journey Whoa. of searching and I was like whoa that's it I mean then that was my realisation at that point why I'm doing what I'm doing is like maybe it is like kind of searching for perfection but it's really the journey is the perfection I love that that's brilliant I'll, I'm not, I'm not going to say any more on that because that's a brilliant point
1: but something else I want I know that I observed my thoughts I had as well to change it up again and I would love to see your thoughts on this so I'm not going to mention anyone's name or anything if the person is listening this obviously going to understand it was from them well, we we're sitting at the table in this yoga retreat and uh, this person, unnamed person, <laughs> turned around and says that when we're doing yoga, so what, just to pick my more story, when we're doing yoga, the the teacher at the end of the yoga retreat would come up and she would she would like sort of give you like a little massage on the back of your neck, she would like sort of touch your neck and push your shoulders down in the shavasana at the end, just mm-hmm. to sort of relax you and get you deeper into the inner state of a relaxation mm-hmm. and i felt this as well is that like when she f- when when a human being touches you you get this like tingly feeling if it feels right like you get the sense of it's not even not even a sexual feeling mm-hmm. you can get that which is arguably i'm not getting away from that but this wasn't this sort of interaction it was just an interaction of like a human connection of touching you like if i touch you now you can like that i'll just tickle your arm there there's like a, just, yeah. there's instant sense in your body there that, that this feels nice it feels good it feels warm it feels homely it doesn't have to be in a sexual way it just feels nice mm-hmm. and um, she said at the dinner table that I love that because I don't get touched enough and that sounds funny her saying that, like, I don't get touched enough, because at the time, straight away, my condition inside was laughing in my head, thinking, I don't get touched enough. Like, <laughs> if she wanted me to touch her, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like, you just, you just, yeah, play it, you just mean, messing on anyway. But she, me- in that point, she made a very interesting point and asked the question: Is, as a society, are we not being touched enough?
0: That's really uh, by hum- by other humans. I've looked in that, you know, and I said, um, you know what, the biggest. Um, problem problem America's facing right now is loneliness mm-hmm. because so many people are disconnected from each other, and you don't get like connection through a computer or a laptop or a, um, a community forum, even. You get it through physical touch. That's why EA meetings are so powerful. And I've been studying EA meters as well in my book. It says the only reason they really work so well is because people can really talk and express who they are. And What's an EA meter? An air meeting—it's like, um, like Alcoholics Anonymous and stuff like that—a meeting which um, will, will get a group of people who's struggling with something together, mm-hmm. and then they all deal with it by sharing their experience, and this experience of it, like um, an air meeting, what happens is they get a sense of community, just like what you were talking about before, and that's how what makes them stronger, togetherness, and that's what's truly, really, truly powerful. But the aim meeting for them is that when they're by themselves, they're more prone to like slip up, more prone for the disconnect. That's why loneliness is so bad at the minute because nobody truly gets touched, nobody gets a hug. I mean, even a handshake now feels a bit wrong. Yeah, it does. I try to high five so many people just so I feel like more connected to people. I mean, do you think do we do you think we're losing something without that connection? Because.
1: I think I think we are I think we're becoming We ourselves Without knowing it Are becoming Something different Like with with that With that interaction That interaction For me anyway Has been important I mean if you look at The animal animal kingdom The animal kingdom The animals Like you have apes Example they, They sort of groom each other They touch each other They cuddle each other They do all this Have all this interaction And we're sort of stripping away from that I mean even as well like even your the, your family and your friends like when was the last time that you really sort of cuddled your mum when was the last time you cuddled your dad when was the last time you really and that's a basic human human conditioning and I, f- I felt that when she told us that story that I felt I started questioning my own life and I was thinking whoa wh- when am I touching another human being how, how many times am I doing it often enough mm-hmm. and I found that I wasn't
0: oh man that's really so powerful. that's a good that's powerful question no it? Nah, it is that's powerful that, man. I really feel like there's so much like you can take away from that I mean the ideas of like even when the last time you just like hugged your mum your or yeah. your dad or I mean it, a lot of things like with men it's in the sign of masculinity was to disregard a lot of like touch a lot of like like suppression of that isn't yeah, it yeah it's a lot of like disregard of like a man, not a man's need, a human's need of just like touching and like feeling connected to something, like a hug, is can be so powerful.
1: That's well, we're numbing that out though as well, like the suppression of even crying and things like that. I mean, I've cried, I've never cried so much in my life in the last two years than I've not in my whole life. Never, honestly. I'll, I'll watch i I'll watch a film, I'll cry. I'll, I'll be, i I'll, I'll be trained, I've trained, I've done. Train, this is an interesting one. When I was doing at this yoga retreat, I started crying. In the end of the the Shavasana, I st- just started. I'm not blaring out loud. I just started like crying within myself, and I started getting teased, And I felt I felt, I felt emotionally, and I'm even feel emotionally now talking about it. Like I feel my eyes well enough. But this—that's a real connection with yourself. With suppression, we're suppressing something. I don't know. We're, suppre- we're being We've been taught that. I mean, we even know the part of the world that we live in, that the masculine has to be the, the man, has to be the man. You have to be the man. You show no emotion and nothing.
0: Well it's interesting
1: because you don't cry you definitely don't cry
0: well there's something wrong with you well that's 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 the whole negative aspect of like what we've been brought into uh, and that's terrible but and it takes a true sense of masculinity to dive into like these different energies so we've got the masculine energy which is like the strong the warrior archetype the aim provider the, um, the stoic but there's also the feminine energy, the carer, the nurturer, and a feminine energy is emotionally fuelled. So that's why a lot when a lot of men see other men crying they feel it's like it's more of a woman's trait. And it is basically like really, but the, the mark of a true man is to tap into that when necessary. So when you're feeling like emotionally overwhelmed, it is okay to cry, it's never not and that's what that's what the uh, um the mark of a true man is is when he's in that moment he can appreciate the time and energy it takes like the feel that the, yeah, emotion. top end of that mm-hmm. it's just like the yin and the yang symbol it is the masculine and the feminine yeah it is I like and that and the white and the black is like the, the areas in which them two the, them two intertwine and correspond corresponding the link mm-hmm. I like that it says like th- the black and the white dot the black is to represent there's times when a feminine energy needs masculine traits and there's a time when masculine Needs feminine. It, I love. And that's amazing, that way I love that. And that's I, and Jordan
1: Peterson. That here's something. Right, just imagine. though I was thinking in my head. Too, I was imagining when I was trying to when you were saying that there. I was imagining two pots of paint. So imagine you had two pots of paint. You had one paint. It's like, see, so you had a, uh, a container where you pour paint in mm-hmm. and you had one blue paint and one red paint. You'd pour them paints into the into the tub, and yeah, one paint would eventually go over the lines of the other one a bit, but eventually them two p- pots of would find a balance they will find like a yin and yang mm. and I think that's what we're going to I think that's what we're doing I think that like your body on a biological level in the human psyche in human evolution eventually is going to find eventually is going to find this balance point like there might be points in your time where you can't feel emotion like somebody could be someone listening to this now where they can't they just can't they can't hear that they can't feel that they can't let themselves go they can't they haven't re- never really cried they've never really sort of maybe never even loved someone but could I think there's maybe it. like there's a there's a point where you as a person find that balance and y- and then, then pathways start opening up. Mm-hmm. Does that makes sense. No,
0: no, it definitely does, It Definitely does. Do I like
1: that. It's good enough. That was a good one I had. Anyway, do you want know another interesting one? Maybe this could be one of the last ones we touch on as well. But this has got to be touched on. Is when I was at this yoga retreat. and This could honestly, we, they could talk about so many more here. But this is I'll, this is a good one. Um, on the last two days I was at the yoga retreat or day and a half it was a day and a half there and about a day and a half back uh, home and travelling back I did a fast so uh, for a while now I've been doing um, I've been doing intimate fasting mm-hmm. where I'll go certain periods of the day where I'll do See, say at, at night time I'll have my last meal at um, 8 o'clock at night and I'll go all the way till 12 o'clock and I've done I've pushed little two as well during the day to give my body that like sense of intimate fasting to get my digestive system to sort of relax and not just be ramming food down my into my uh, digestive system. Mm-hmm. So, at the yoga retreat, using the, the example of where I know I've got more time to sort of actually really embody this practice of fasting, I decided I was going to do a water fast. So, I did, I had in my mind to do a three day I just did it, it was just under three days I did it for. Mm-hmm. Um, because the reason why I didn't do it for the full three days was because I wanted it to only be three days. And if I knew if I wait, if I prolonged it to an extra few hours, it, w- it was like time to go to sleep, sort of thing. Is so dogs? Jesus Christ Hear them dogs?
0: Yeah They're definitely going Is that my belly or is it the dogs? I think it might be your belly I'm talking about fasting
1: <laughs> God, we're ripping each of a man! I don't even know if the mic's picked that up there Let's find out though Let us know if you heard the dogs <laughs> <laughs> But anyway um, So I, The reason why I, I didn't do it for the three days Full three days was because I didn't want it because it, by then it would have went nearly to four days because mm-hmm. my body works and I didn't want to do four days I just wanted to do three next time I'm going to do five or six but I wanted to just do, make it as a three does well, that make sense mm-hmm. so I had my last meal at, at eight o'clock and I did the same thing the first the first night was fine absolutely fine no problem the morning I woke up because I'm used to doing until two, 12 or two anyway fine mm-hmm. and then the the the, the 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 hardest point for me was uh, later in the afternoon, like you know, when your body about say, like six, seven o'clock at night, eight o'clock at night, uh-huh. that's when you, you normally would definitely be having food, and your body's like starts to rumbles, it starts craving it. Your mind's playing games with you, saying, "I want food, I want food." But the hardest feed thing me, was, feed me. yeah, the hardest thing was is that when um, in the environment I was in, the yoga retreat, there was italians cooking all this nice food the smells and i was like oh send crazy then even at night time the normal procedure like i said before was to sit around the table when everyone was eating and have food and just talk and ask big philosophical questions and i'm sitting at the table and everyone's eating all this amazing food and i'm just drinking my water because <laughs> oh, that's so fast. tempting brother it was so hard how did you do did you do it and oh yeah because i i knew i was gonna you know it was, what was interesting is that people asking why you're not eating for and stuff like that and then the fact of me telling somebody and telling them what i was actually doing and why i was doing it it actually made me do it more because i think there's something that happens when you tell someone like you in Mm. fact you make it publicly that you're going to do something it's hard to go back on it there's some sort of thing that happens and that's what happened for me and i was going to do it anyway and um and after the so after the first day belly's rumbling like you wake up the next day after that first day of that one about one day of fasting, something happens where the body doesn't require food. Like the body taps in this weird state of zen. You can't explain it. Um, I don't think you, have, you haven't done a longer day than fast. You can't even e- wait a couple nah, hours, can I you? With <laughs> Twenty minutes, man. This podcast cheeseburger. had a cheeseburger no, <laughs> it's funny that. but but you should try. You should try doing it. You should try even doing it a day. I've done a day. You've done a day. Mm-hmm but there is some, something that happens when you get past that first day window where the body doesn't require the body starts to get the settle period where it starts you can feel your digestive system just relaxing and
0: it doesn't require food it's interesting, I slept amazing after me day, you know. I thought I'd be, like, really hungry as hell yeah, yeah. in the bed, but...
1: Well, the first night for me was the hardest, but then you you go to sleep and you just forget about it. You just relax into it. But there's some window that happens once you start getting to the second day, like a window of where you can really embody that, you can really embody the feeling. That's what I was trying to do, was trying to sit with that feeling of, mm. fa- of being in a state of fast.
0: Did it become a spiritual experience? It did. Because you
1: just... It's, it's not only just... But on a biological level, like... Helping you because we know that now, we're like sort of ancient people have done this for pa- thousands of years, and this was the reason why I did it for cause for thousands of years. People uh, um, believe that the body builds up toxins, a level of toxins, mm-hmm. and by fasting you can detoxify the body. And I felt that I, I said to you before that well, like when I was doing this process, I could my breath was smelling and there was like a smell, and I never s- smell, but there was this, there was some sort of aura that was coming out, like the I could feel the body like in a state of detoxification. Well what was the question you asked before I there
0: uh, I don't know the bike went down yeah, there I, and forgot he off, I forgot what you uh, said
1: but anyway yeah, it, was a, it was a spiritual
0: oh yes it was a, was it a spiritual it was, experience
1: no just biological. it was like a very spiritual thing because it, it, it's like very for me it felt like I was training my willpower as well because mm-hmm. it's so easy just to go into the food I mean I think, we con- I think we're conditioned I mean this was a big thing for me as well in society we're conditioned to eat meals at a certain time that's what I haven't talked about on this podcast yet you go to work in a window of nine or ten, and you're meant to have breakfast before you go to work. You you have breakfast, you have your dinner at twelve, and you have your tea at six o'clock when everyone else sits down at the table. There's a conditioning behind that, and we and we are and I've realised that we're sort of we're forcing that, and we don't need to be. Yeah. Like there's a you should only eat. I felt and I know now that you should only eat when you're really hungry. Well, the, um, sp- and not just eating them because a time scale or a schedule or a job that di- dictates to you?
0: Well before the Native Americans were indoctrinated with the, um, three meals a day, um, they were asked, um, how do you store your food? And he goes, and he goes, I store the, I st- I'm gonna, not, I'm gonna nail this. Well <laughs> oh, st- you not gonna nail it. <laughs> I, I store the, um, I store the food in the belly of my brother, so they only eat when they were hungry. So they treated like um, fasting is like um, is like a normal occurrence. So they obviously it was like still a deep spiritual experience, but they had a respect for the food that when it arrived they appreciated it more mm-hmm. to the aspect of love.
1: And That was a main thing it did for me as well as I realised that uh, a gratification of food. Like mm. After the three days after the first food, I was like so grateful for the food. I was so thankful that that this food is actually nourishing my body.
0: Yeah. I read a um a, a blog before, um, and it was the four spiritual guides of of my um, of life, and one of them was fasting. And when I was reading the fasting one, it said, "If you look at fasting, you can have so many incredible experiences. You can, for health wise, but if you just did fasting for the sake of fasting, that's all you'll get. You'll get the health benefits. Yeah. But if you did it with a spiritual aspect, really embody it." really embody it that can really transfer everything
1: what i was trying to do is i was i was trying to sit with the feeling of the emptiness of my stomach now that is powerful and i was sitting with it and i was meditating on it and i was really like feeling what was actually really going on like even in the last even the last 10 minutes i did this on my instagram i posted the video of explaining i was going to do this but i really sat on the feeling of what's really going on inside the body like what's the requirements and like trying to really dissect the workings of of the requirements of what neutrons do with your body, the gratefulness. I was just trying to sit with it, sit with all these emotions and I, I, I love doing that. Um, what was I going to say again about it again? Oh yeah, the, one of the reasons why I did it for it as well is because I wanted to, on a biological level, the research I've been doing is indicating that long periods of fasting is beneficial for the, the human organism. Like it's been done for thousands of years and there was mm-hmm. a study, right, that um, which I've always, always remember this. I can't remember what place it was though, so I don't remember that well. <laughs> I think it was—I Ic- don't remember anything about it, but I think it was Iceland or <laughs> Finland or somewhere like that. But there was a, a study that—I mean, there's loads of factors as well, but this was interesting anyway. So there was a period in that—in a point in a civil civilization, I think it was Finland or Sweden—where mm-hmm. there was a uh, growth spurt in um, in their lifespan. So lifespan in, a, in, a, in a, like it was like a 15-year window or something like that. The people, the population were living a lot longer than others and the only value that they could it, the scientists that indicated what was due to why people were living longer was because that there was a, f- a period in their in that civilization where they went long periods about food there was oh, like a wow. drought where they didn't have food they couldn't grow crops and things like that so they were going long periods of the day where they weren't eating and they were only eating like one meal a day and their lifespan
0: shot up oh that's powerful that man crazy man. it's yeah. always
1: I mean is that is, is that what it's doing? I mean, the ancient Greeks, they, they talked about detoxification of the body and how the best thing for the body, they said that the best thing for the body was to have periods of where you don't eat food.
0: Yeah, well, the Romans... Um, to give
1: the organs and the, everything in the body
0: time to yeah. The Romans go back def- to, like, a neutral, neutrality. Mm. Well, the Romans, they fought food... Um, sorry, they fought um, disease by isol- and mental illness by f- putting people in a room and take them away from food take them off food and that, that worked for them yeah but obviously it's different now with the process of what we go through But we because we identify food in such a different way uh, and we rely on medicines and stuff like that now but it, they practice a different form of art where they wanted the body to be thy healer and I still believe that it could be something that the body does heal itself if you if you you have a scab and you keep picking up the scab eventually like if you stop scratching it'll heal itself your body is a mechanism for healing it will heal so if you can take away like i mean the biggest form of energy what we waste is through digestion if you take away the digestion where's that energy going to um go it's going to go to the healing aspects of the body so when we're taking away the food we're indicating our body to use this energy in a sort of other manner a different way yeah so you'll be using yours in like a spiritual aspect where you can bring and function more like powerfully I mean, how, how much emotion, like, when you're hungry, how powerful are your urges of emotions? Yeah. Like, you're so hungry, like, just eat so much right now. Yeah. And it's like, that is probably because the energy is getting like redirected. Really the, animal, the animal's, like, taking over you,
1: taking over you. Like, the f- food, I noticed this, that food has so much control over who you are as a person. Mm. Like, food dictates what you do, who you interact with. It sounds crazy saying that, but that's a lesson that I learned within that, that food has so much control. And I think when, when I was doing the fast, it's, like, common that inner like the inner bitch like calm, and, calm and that like calm down like I'm in con- it shows your body that you're actually I know that you can't you, know, you can't get away from the fact that when you do need to eat food and eat water mm-hmm. but you get a freedom and a sense of that that you're in control you come back and control this organism I love you that. don't let the body like take over you but just to give a bit more, a little bit more substance of what I did was is to people who do want to do a fast um so i did a water fast but what i did was is prior is that over that period of time i was making sure i was drinking a lot of water so i drink a lot of water um, and also thing is i didn't drink for me i didn't do teas i didn't do coffees i didn't do nothing like that some people do coffees and teas and things like that but i just wanted to do pure water that's all i wanted to do yeah i did coffee with mine yeah i just want to do water um some people do juice fast where they all just ju- they just ju- ju- juice like uh, fruits and mm-hmm. vegetables and things like that but i just want to do completely water hard more hardcore yeah <laughs> just go for go for it <laughs> but what i did was is i didn't just have a big meal on my last meal i winded myself off it and what i mean by the word wine and if you don't know what that means is, is that took me time i saw so my last meal it wasn't a meal it was i had like a couple of dates i had like a couple of handful of nuts and had some
0: fruit you're preparing your body for like, like a slowed like a it down like food. started
1: slowing my body down and then to come back off what I did is on the last day, I didn't just eat straight away eat a massive meal and just f- completely fill me body up. It'd be like couch, zonked zomped out on the couch. <laughs> I had um, me Pacific thing I had I, had a co- I had, I drank a coconut water, half a coconut water. And even that would be, some people might drink that on a fast, but I classed that as, because people have coconut water fast as well, mm-hmm. but I actually just classed that as a, as something more heavier than water. So I, sw- I slowed me body in with that. Mm-hmm. Then I had one, a banana. I had an orange And I had one strawberry And I just sat with that For like an hour and a half And then And then that's when I had A, a more Feast More, f- more feast And <laughs> yeah, no, Where's that I Italian I guy Come here really. yeah. Pablo. Get the pizza in The McDonald's <laughs> yeah. but that's Get when that I had pizza in lad That's when I had in, a more lad. Sort of a bigger meal mm. But it's just um, I think the body does require periods of where you need it. the body needs to take time or t- time to just
0: I love that man sit, I, sit with it. I love that and I think this it, episode's been really powerful. Here's a question
1: really. as well, just leave it on as well. This is the question I got from us. Are we as as human beings, are we eating because we really want to? Are we eating because we're being dictated to by the body or dictated to by a system?
0: Oh no. That's a good question. Uh, yeah, you know what I think I might answer that next, good next week. I want to play. How on how's that. How's that? <gasps> Boom. Thank Boom. you.
1: Peace and love. Peace and love, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. We have some big things coming up in the future, in the near future with this podcast, and we're going to continue to bring you the most amazing conversations on the planet. And if you do believe in what we're doing here please consider supporting the podcast for our patreon page it really would be a huge help to the growth of this thing and also to play this podcast out i'm going to play this out with a beautiful song called talking about a revolution and just to give you a little bit backstory about how i actually found this song and why i want to play this song for is because last week when i was at the yoga retreat i was at that i talked about in this podcast there was an incredible a 19 year old guy young guy that I met from France called Lizar. And every night he would get out his guitar and play and sing many different songs and over that week this was my favorite song that he played you and, and I really did at this place I really did meet so many great new friends and people that will stay definitely in my heart forever and ever and this song in my opinion really embodies all the great people that I met last week and in my opinion really embodies the people that the type of people that listen to this podcast who are from all parts of the world so anyway this song is by a beautiful person called Tracy Chapman and the song is called talking about a revolution and the message really does highlight hope in the world Hope for racial equality, poverty, and change, and really embodies that people are going to rise up and take what is theirs. So anyway, I hope, really hope you enjoy this song by Tracy Chapman. Chapman talking about a revolution. We'll catch you next week when we have another amazing episode. As always, enjoy this song. Peace.
2: Don't you know? We're talking about a revolution sounds. Don't you know, talking about a revolution, it sounds like a whisper, while they're standing in the welfare lines, crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation, wasting time in the unemployment lines, sitting around, waiting for a promotion, don't you know, talking about And get there, yeah. Who are people gonna rise up and take what's there? Those lips of the zombies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around waiting for a promotion Don't you know, talking about a revolution illusion sound about a revolution, oh, oh no, talking about a revolution, oh, oh no, talking about a rev-